chapter two, part two. Okay, so when do I care about people if I don't care what they do, what they put in their body and everything? So I went into this in the book and I said, well, I can't be involved in people's lives, but when I can take notice and help is when people are suffering and they realize they need help. So people may say, well, sometimes people are suffering and they don't realize it. You should intervene with them, help them realize that they need help. They're suffering, help them. I get that. And you're right. And if it was my close family member or friend, I probably would do an intervention or try to help them realize that they needed help before things got worse. You're right, that would be the case. However, I'm talking about general people that I don't know. Uh, it's, it's very hard to try to take a stranger and convince them that they need help until they themselves realize that. Uh, so I would just consider that there are so many people that are suffering and need help and realize they need help that that's the low-hanging fruit. Let's try to help all those people first. That's what I would think is the best use of my time in running a treatment center. Um, notice that I did not say when people are suffering and they admit that they need help. I said when they realize they need help. And the reason why I said that is because someone could admit something and not be sincere about it. They could be saying that because you want them to say that. They need to realize for themselves that they need help. That really is a big difference when they look at themselves in the mirror and they say, okay, they're right or whatever. I, I need I need to get this help. And maybe they're so afraid that it will be something like this. Maybe what you're doing isn't wrong. Maybe your life is just perfectly fine using heroin every day of your life, right? But could life be better for you? That's a way to sort of break that black and white thought of I'm not doing anything wrong. My life is fine. Everything's good. Okay. Could it be better? And most of the time people will admit that life could be better than it is now because it can always be better. If they don't think it could possibly be better than it is, you might be dealing with somebody that's going to be really hard to get through to. Once people realize that life can be better from wherever they are, then then you can offer to help them and they'll generally be more inclined to accept that help. Ultimately, people are struggling out there. Life is hard. They get out of school or they're in school if they're young. It's not the way they expected. They see people happy all over social media. Life is amazing. Their uh, 15-year-old is a billionaire on YouTube and they're not and they feel worthless and all these different things. It's sad. It's sad that life is that way right now in this modern age and that most young people feel inferior when they're not doing anything wrong. They're just trying to grow up and navigate the world. Um, and, th and that translates to adults too. Some people go to school, college, get out into the workforce. They sort of did everything right, got good grades, got the job, and then they go, oh, is this it? I just go to work every day from some, for some boss I don't like, doing a job I don't really love for money, and so I can buy stuff you know, have a mortgage, take vacations once in a while. 
a lot of times people will get to that point where life seems a little bit meaningless. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways to add meaning to your life, but sometimes people will not take those avenues and they will turn to substances instead. So, um, it's, and especially when they're, it's so sensationalized, like let's look at the advertising for alcohol, you know, look, look at the, look at the nice looking people in these ads with, you know, looking, looking all bougie with their vodka or their, you know, whiskey or whatever. I mean, it's just, they're being sold this stuff. They're being sold that you drink this and life will be better. You'll be cool. Like me. It's almost like cigarettes with the Marlboro man, right? You'll be cool. And you know, people fall into that stuff. So let's, let's not blame them too much. We just want to help them realize why they feel like life sucks and it's hard, you know, because a, a more constructive way to deal with that could be taking up hobbies, going for hikes or adventuring, uh, learn a new language, uh, pick, take up spirituality or religion or yoga or exercise, or you know, there's, there's a million different ways to fill that need of, I need more meaning in my life. But a lot of times people, they can't always see that. And especially if they're hanging out with people that they all get together and drink or you do drugs, then it makes it really easy to just commiserate with other people that are doing that same thing. Uh, one other thing I wanted to say, and I, I don't know that I wrote this in this chapter. Uh, I think I did speak a little bit about the prison population, the jail and, 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 you know, Crime is the idea of crime and fixing crime. I didn't write this book for that reason. I, I just think because the two addiction and crime go hand in hand, it just naturally, uh, that comes up from time to time. And just, I wanted to say that, uh, ultimately people need to feel valuable. That's really important. People need to feel valuable somehow. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be that you are the best celery grower in your county. Your county may only have a hundred people in it, but you're the best seller. And no one else grows celery in it, but you're the best seller grower in the county, right? People need that little, that little badge of honor. I don't think it's an ego thing. I really don't. I think it's a, they want to feel like they're contributing. They want to feel valuable. And that could be not just in their job, but also in their community, in their family, we see this with children as they're growing up. If they don't feel, if they feel more like a burden than like um, they're contributing to the family, then they uh, they start to feel more worthless. That's why it's really important when you're raising your children to let them help out, even though it's going to take them 10 times the amount of time to sweep the floor that you, you could just wrap it up real quick and you're really busy and you just want to get it done. If you just say, no, 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 give me the broom, I'll do it then they're going to feel worthless. Oh, I'm no good. Okay. I guess I'm not good at that. Uh, let them help. And that, that goes for teenagers. That goes for adults at the, at this point as well. If they can feel valuable, they will have self-respect. If they have self-respect, they will be more inclined to be a good person, not, not turn to crime, not try to numb their lives, uh, with substances. And and also another thing about this is, is that they, not just a financial being valuable financial or with work, but also through the contribution of love and emotion, right? Think about someone that you care about, maybe who's older, like maybe a grandmother or something. It doesn't matter if she's passed or, you know, she's alive or dead or anything like that, or, or somebody like that, some, some elderly person who you sort of looked up to. Do people say about her, 
that she worked 40 hours a week and she always punched the clock and this and that. They may say that. They may say there was a good work ethic or whatever. But typically when people are remembered, they were, they were remembered for their character. They're remembered as that person who, whenever I needed something, they were there for me. That person who uh, stepped up when, um, when something needed to be done and no one else could do it. Those are the kinds of things that people love about a person. So in addition to feeling valuable from a job or skill set or production set, it's also being that person who people can count on. And when you're that type of person, it doesn't matter what your income is. You've got a group of friends. You've got a people around you and, and that, that care about you because you're that good person who contributes that honesty and that help and I don't, you know, that contribution to life. I think that this is something that needs to continuously be taught to people um, as, you know, as, as, as they're growing up and, and as they're older as well. If you're in a dead-end job, I get that you may be trying to support your family and you have all these bills and everything, but if you're drinking yourself blackout drunk because as soon as you get off work on Friday, you just can't wait to check out, how much are you really contributing to your family? I would imagine that your family would be okay with a smaller house in maybe not a little bit worse neighborhood if dad was present for them. And instead of getting home and being miserable, it's talking about all the exciting things that are happening at work and going out and doing things. So don't chase that dollar, chase the, chase that, um, chase being valuable, chase being a, a happy person. I think that this is especially applicable to the prison population. Again, I'm coming back to that. If you think about it, if these people came out of jail and they had skills because they were taught skills when they were in there and, and a purpose then that they were valuable and like, Hey, look, you know how to, doesn't matter what it is, cut logs, lay bricks, uh, you know, program computers, whatever. It doesn't matter if you had this skill and purpose and a job waiting for them. Hey, uh, you just learned this skill when you were in prison. And there's nine companies right now that are looking for someone with your skills right now and they're, and they're willing to take a chance on you. How valuable do you think that person's going to feel when they get out and they go and go to work and, and go right into a job? Do you think they're going to go back to crime right away? I doubt it. I think they're going to give this life a chance to see if they can make it work. Unfortunately, that's not happening right now, the way the system is currently set up. And, and so people don't, they don't believe in themselves when they're there in prison because nobody believes in them because the system confirms that you are in jail, you are whatever, worthless, you are, I, I'm not, I'm not forgiving their crimes, but I'm saying while they're in there sitting in a cell, rather than just lifting weights, let's, let's get them for their own sake and for the sake of society skills and a trade and and to be valuable so that they can come out and can contribute again just like that child who who wants to sweep the floor but doesn't really know how to do it yet if they can come out and and contribute to things people believe in second chances and i, I just really wish that that is how the system was because i think that if we want if we were wanted to fix crime that would be a really good place to start is, is help these people who felt helpless, who turned to crime for, for whatever reason. It doesn't really matter. But if they did their crime, they, they paid their time, and you're, we're going to bring them back out, 
Well, don't we want to bring them back out and hope they never go back in? So how do we do that? Well, we need to make them valuable, contributing members of society and have them believe in themselves. And in order to do that, we should teach them skills so that we will believe in them too. Anyway, it's a, it's a bit of a ramble on this chapter, but I think it still all comes back to the suffering. People are suffering in life, so they're addicted. Why are they suffering? Well, they don't feel valuable. Why? You know, they don't have self-respect. They don't feel like they're needed. I think all these things contribute to the, the whole course of this, of this industry.